Happy 2019. Have you broke any of your New Year's resolutions yet? This is The Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group and Happy New Year. Happy 2019. If you're like most people, you don't take down your holiday or Christmas decorations until after New Year's. John and I have been a little lazy this year, haven't we? But I like the We have to pull out the sheets and the garbage bags to put over the tree. I, I kind of like this. Let, let me see if I could do this like I do weather. So can you, can you my do ornament, the I have to take this down. Your ornaments down. <laughs> but some, so, hey, welcome to the Focus Group. 2019, this is our 11th year, if you can imagine, coming to you as the Focus Group. And uh, so thanks for joining us. And uh, we're not going to pretend, but this is a pre-record because it's it's New Year's, right? It's the holiday time, and we still want to give people something to listen to, something to, listen something to, to watch. Something to get away from, from your from your family, and the toys are broken, and you said you were not going to have another piece of pie. There's tears. You're going to lose weight, and you're going to go to the gym, <laughs> and all those other things that just aren't going to happen. And by the end of the week, you're just going to be right back in your old rut. <laughs> and here it is only January 2nd. Yeah, okay. <laughs> One day into the new year. Do you like that, John? That's Mr. Bennett. You know, before we came on the air, I said I was sitting here looking at my notes and I looked over at Tim and I said, Tim, I like that shirt. Yeah. And what to my wondering eyes or what to my ears come out, but where'd that come from? The Costco. (laughs) Why do I not have luck when I'm at Costco? Well, you got to look, John. There's not a lot to choose from. No, and it's always like a... I don't know how your Costco is set up, but you. I think they're similar. So you come in, they have all this stuff like jewelry and, yeah. and then things, you, yeah. you come around, and then there's the registers and then there's this center section that tends to be clothing clothing towels books and stuff and there's always a ton of people in the clothing thing and i'm like you know what i know tim finds great stuff here but richard swears by the t-shirts if you're looking for white t-shirts for underneath yeah they're great the kirkland brand by the way bob would correct you and call that an undershirt what did I call it? Uh, you t- you call it what I call it a T-shirt. But, but I had my wrist slapped the other day. He he sees me on on the show, and I had a sweater on, and I had a, my white yeah my undershirt was showing. I said oh, I said you mean my T-shirt? He goes no, that's an undershirt. It's underwear. See, but I like that look. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and I know your 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 uh, brother-in-law complained about that look too. But that that's a look. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think anything wrong with that. That's how you could tell the Americans from everybody else in Europe. Yeah, you had a little, a little crew, crew neck, little white. Or your undershirt, William. Bob. Under, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Richard likes the, the, the undershirts. Richard likes the undershirts or the T-shirts. And I um, and I always find, uh, I told you those Urban Star jeans, which are $12, mm-hmm. $13. And they fit. And they fit wonderfully. And they have a little stretch in them for us full-figured gals. <laughs> And uh, then I found this, and I was surprised. Now, there are things, if you get something, you can't try anything on there unless you run to the bathroom, which is a hassle. But you can return anything. And so I tried this on, and it fit me, and I thought, okay, I'll keep it. It's a little theme on the buffalo plaid. And I tried to be like our boys in the booth who have fresh haircuts for the new year. John and Garrett. Looking fresh for the new year. You don't have your lumberjack shirts on today. No, no lumberjack today. I'm missing That's out. always John. He usually does, though. You I know? usually yeah, do. John, what, you, what are you wearing? Are you wearing like a... A Wu-Tang shirt. Yeah, and some kind of leather jacket. It's Wu-Tang. like It's not leather. It's like one of those down sort of... Oh, okay, uh, okay. Did you get that for Christmas? Did, we, did your ladies treat you well for Christmas? Yeah. Got everything yeah. I wanted. It was nice. Yeah, look at Garrett. Yeah, you hate Garrett hates <laughs> Christmas, as we know. 
And I'm so happy we're vacated. The holidays done. are vacated. You're all done, John. Next done. thing's Easter. I, che- I checked every... Oh, please. I checked every box. Everything's set. Easter, and I do want to see, you promised us a few weeks back... Me as Easter the bunny. bunny. Yeah, so I found a bunch of the pictures, and what I want to do is select the four or five that are the most hilarious, because some of them are... I can't believe we've not seen these. There's one of my sister sitting on my lap, and it's just hysterical. I'll just yeah, leave it at that. No, I, I'm very disappointed, so... <laughs> hey, so what... Uh, um, what had caught your eye this week, Mr. Nash? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. All right, so I think the headline says it all. I'm a pet lover. and Are you? We, Yes, I, I like dogs and cats, but I was a cat owner. I, I think I prefer cats because they're, you know, they're, always they're, like cats. they're kind of like you set them up. They know where the food is. They know where the litter box is. You change that every, you keep them happy with the litter box. They don't, buy, they don't they're not. So my brother was always a cat guy since he was a little kid. Really? Those cats. There's, I, I don't know. Cats choose us, I think. I, and I, but hey, I love dogs, too. Dogs are very friendly. So here's the headline. Cat accidentally shipped 700 miles from home after sneaking into a box. <laughs> this comes to us from Nova Scotia, where a kitty named Baloo. Baloo sounds like a Disney thing. I wonder if they, they named spell it. After- B-A-L-O-O. Was Baloo like from the Jungle Book? I think he might have been the bear or something. Uh, Anyway, the cat's name was Baloo, and it snuck into a box of tire rims that were being mailed through Canadian shipping company Pirolator. Baloo's owner, Jacqueline Lake, told the station she didn't realize her feline had found his way into the box because the cat slinked through a hole (laughs) in in a tire rim and worked its way to the bottom of the box and went to sleep. Thanks. Oh, my. <laughs> the cat didn't get crushed? or Baloo, No, they taped up the box, they put it in the truck, and after a 17-hour trip that covered 700 miles, Baloo ended up in Montreal, <laughs> where he was discovered by a Purolator employee oh who was curious God. why one of the boxes was leaking urine. <laughs> so he was able to breathe in there? Yeah. Purolator dropped Baloo off at the Montreal SPCA for a checkup, which he passed with flying colors, and the shelter used the the information Address. on the box to get in contact with the owner who was mortified because she'd been missing the cat for a couple days. Oh. And an organization called Freedom Drivers, a volunteer-based nonprofit that transports shelter pets, agreed to drive Baloo the 17 hours back to Nova Scotia. After 10 total days of travel, Baloo is back home getting extra love and attention and apparently within a few hours was right back to being Baloo the kitty. That's great. You know, there's a, and in the U.S., there's a group called Pilots and Paws and a, and and they tra- a bunch of others, transport. and they'll move, yeah, they'll move pets around like that. But what a, So I guess she missed the cat. She couldn't figure out where the cat was. No idea. And now the family said she's no longer, uh, Jacqueline is no longer allowed near boxes or, or the animals. They have to be separate. So she's boxing something. She has to be away from an animal because, you know. But isn't that always how... Um, Cats love hiding. In- well, I was going to say, with cats, it's not like you're alarmed that you can't find them. There was a, a time, while, right? You'd Bob- be like, yeah, they must be sleeping or they must be somewhere, right? Bob had Bob's cat, Stella, was, she was really funny. And one time we couldn't find her. And he had a studio apartment. Where are you going to look? <laughs> like, where, where, where could she be? Like, so eventually we found her on top of a cabinet above a refrigerator. We had no idea how she got up there. And when, you, when we found her, she was just curled up in a ball, sleeping, warm. happy as can be. And then she lifts her head up and looks at us like, oh, hi. And we're like, we <laughs> get away from all Bob's burping. <laughs> yeah. Loud noise. That's another one completely, yeah. <laughs> Mine, um, 
Well, I like that story. That's a, that's a nice story. I'm surprised the cat lived because they're not so easy on those boxes, particularly if they knew they were tires, right? Mm-hmm. Them around, yeah. Tire rims. Mine is, um, I, I saw this out of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the headline is, It's Slinky, It's Slinky, It's Such a Wonderful Toy. Now, do you know, I what, love slinky. You know what that is? That's the jingle, right? Slinky, it's Slinky. Da, 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 da. So there's a retired. And you know what Slinky was? Wow. Fun for a girl and a boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, like someone had actually wrote that jingle. Well, I'll tell Fun you who. Girl so Bob Swaim, I'm going to say S W A I M. I don't know how I would say it. Swaim. That sounds Swaim, about right. Yeah. Swaim, whatever. He's retired. He was a math and physics teacher. He invented Satterton, PA High School. No, but he's decided it should be the Pennsylvania State Toy because it was just, it was, um, it, it's made in Pennsylvania and it was um, invented in Pennsylvania. So he said Pennsylvania is a state dog, a state insect, a state fossil, a state beverage. He wants to know how come we don't have a state toy. So for the last several decades, um, I said the mission's really moved into high gear in the last five years, but he's trying to persuade the legislature in Pennsylvania to name Slinky the official state toy. And he's been talking to all kinds of... Question. (laughs) Yeah. Do other states have state toys? Well, they may. But they have state everything. They, okay, they go through okay, the state okay. dog, right? People like, have state songs. Like, like, where would the yo-yo be? Maybe Ohio. I think that's where it came from, right? The Ohio? I'm guessing. Is it from oh, I was, tr- I was just, in a humorous way, wondering, like, what state deserves to have the yo-yo as their oh. <laughs> state toy? Or the Super well, Like, Bowl. Connecticut would probably be the wiffle ball bat, right? Isn't that yeah. where, or I maybe that Pez? Was, so there's, Pez? Kansas that? has the Etch-a-Sketch. See? And Mississippi has the teddy bear, and that's it. Is that it for state toys? According to Wikipedia. So, oh, that's probably accurate. Etch-a-sketch, and, okay, and teddy bear. So he said a lot of these people that he talked to in the legislature were afraid that people wouldn't take the um, take them seriously, and they didn't want to have their name attached to, you know, the only thing I did while I, while I was in office is I got the slinky bill passed. <laughs> so he says the inventor was a guy named Richard James from Penn State University. He was working at a shipyard in Philadelphia in 1943. His job was to devise a spring to stabilize equipment on ships. So one day he took this coil that he had and it knocked off the shelf and it began doing the bouncy bounce that Slinky does. So they decided in 1945 to make it a toy. And um, they spent two years on it. He gave it to his wife, Betty, to come up with a name. And they said that she, she went through the dictionary and came up with the name Slinky, which meant sleek and sinuous movement. So sales were slow until they convinced Gimbals in Philadelphia to let them demonstrate the toy between Thanksgiving and Christmas. They sold 490 minutes. They were a dollar each. 490 minutes, and they were a dollar each. This is 1945. Wow. So success happened, but then poor James announced to his family and six children, his wife Betty, that he was moving to Bolivia to join a religious sect. (laughs) So he left her with the slinky. So Betty decided to go full steam ahead. She brought the company out of bankruptcy and uh, out of financial ruin. And uh, she came up with a jingle, it's a slinky, it's a slinky, it's, a, it's fun, it's a wonderful toy. And the catchy jingle, um, she was a risk taker. She ended up um, having it continue to be made right outside Altoona, PA. She sold the company in 1990, and the one stipulation was that the toy continues to be made in Pennsylvania. So he's... You had one, right? We all had one. So was your fate, like, our favorite thing was trying to nail the down going down the stairs and there was a way to lift up the thing and 
put it down. But if you hit, if you went too close to the step, it died out because yep. it would hit the front. It, it, it was a science. I used to love we hours we well, spent. He said he used it. This guy who's trying to get it to be the state toy used it in a lot of classes in math and physics to explain how things how things how things work. But then he went on and, and as. Um, as Garrett just mentioned, he said that legislation has passed. There's a state bird, which is the ruffled grouse or the ruffed grouse in PA. There's a state locomotive. There's a state dog, which is the Great Dane, a state insect, which is a firefly. He said, and they're even talking about now the snot otter of being the state's official amphibian, yet they won't consider the slinky. So he said he thought it was a good thing. It was a, he thought it was a good thing if you highlighted something from each state every year as a marketing tool to... To increase um, the increase tourism or whatever. So. I like that one. I like that caught your eye. That's a good one. Well, I don't know. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> 2019's off with a crack and bang. Crack and a bang. And, of course, we've still got our... People are still being born. We've got our business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Sir Roderick Ian Eddington. Was born January 2nd, 1950. He's 69 today. He's involved in a lot of things, but you know him best as being CEO of British Airways. BA. BA. Wow. He, uh, he worked for another airline in Australia called Ansett, which I never heard of. But it was a domestic carrier, short hauls around Australia. They ended up going belly up, and uh, he didn't get saddled with the poor performance of that airline. They blamed it on the people that ran Air New Zealand and said that uh, a news corporation, a place called News Limited, had purchased the airline. They knew nothing about running airlines. And he came in to run it. So right off the bat, a news company? Well, you've, had, you've seen this in the gay oh, market, right? Yeah. What'd you say to that guy one time? Would you need a titty bar or something? Yeah, it was uh, the people that bought Planet Out Partners. They had a cruise line, a cruise ship? Or? They, they, yeah, it was like Atlantis. It was going to be, I said, you're going to get everybody from the boat, then they're going to go to Vegas. I said, all you need to do is buy a titty bar on the strip. And everybody on the conference call laughed <laughs> because they got what I was saying, which is you can be a master of a trade or a jack of all trades, but it's better to be a master of one. There you go. So, um, so he went over to British Airways in, uh, in 2000. One of his claim to fame, if you're watching uh, on the video, he removed the, um, many of the aspects that his previous, uh, the previous CEO had. One of them, and I remember this, in 2001 they had these, which he called them, unpopular ethnic art tail fins. So if you look in the ones on the left there, they did different tail fins of places they would fly around the world. Mm-hmm. And people felt people were it was widely criticized. People did not like them, so they went back to the uh, Union Jack, a modernized version of the Union Jack, which is what they have now. So he changed that. And the uh, they said he steered the company at the aftermath of 9/11, which was a big problem for all, all airlines, of course. And then probably one of his most controversial decisions was to permanently uh, retire the British Airways Concorde. I would you 2003. Know, so I was going to ask you about that because the Concorde flew for many years and would, would have definitely been in operation during his stint yeah. as CEO. He decided to, um, to stop. And I remember when they stopped it. I don't know why. Listen, I've complained all the time. We should be able to get from New York to California in about mm, 45, 90 minutes. <laughs> what a range. 45, Well, no, with minutes. the winds. Listen, the president, you know, that Air Force One, when you see them when they were taking Bush's body back and forth to Texas. Fast. Pretty quick. Yeah. Those planes can move. I don't know why we don't go faster. They don't want to chew up the jet fuel. But there should be no reason. I had a friend that was a pilot. He said you could make it from Los Angeles to New York City in probably about an hour and 10 minutes. 
So technology is there to do that. We don't do it. So the planes, but but I, I don't. So you get up high and you fly. Well, most planes fly at 400 miles an hour. You go faster. 450. You go 700. Well, seven seven would still be three hours. Not if you're up high enough. No, no, it still would be. I you gotta go up high. You I go see up to like some pseudoscience starting here. Listen. So you think the higher you go, it changes the distance? Well, because you're going up like this. Well, no, they'd have to go up no, at it. You're not following the. You're not they'd following have to the go, globe. Oh boy. You're going up oh, and over. Oh boy. Where is yeah. Bill Nye, the science guy? Uh, do I have to take his role for a Anyone second? Anyone believe me on this? <laughs> John you believe Garrett. You, do you believe we can fly faster coast to coast? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely than we're allowed to. There, all right, see I don't then. know if your theory makes sense. <laughs> Thank you, John. He's Which got theory? I don't know your the right theory. answer. You get up though. high. It's like space. What, you what have is it to the, go up, I think, like at into a parabola. Orbit, you have to go and up and curve. back down. Well, don't yeah. the satellites zip around like every hour there's a satellite zipping the globe? Yeah. 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 So if you're up high enough, you could do it. Okay. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt high. and say. Yeah, like real high. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to Garrett's point, you got to be above the atmosphere completely. Cause How high was the Concorde? There was like 50,000, oh, no, 60,000 no, no. feet? No? Concorde was probably two miles above the Earth. Uh, or like, you know, they, they, they didn't fly much higher than normal jets. Oh, they flew a lot higher. Uh, Don't you think? I don't think so. No, it was all about they, they broke the sound barrier, so it, they, those engines could push that craft like majorly fast. I'm gonna have to do some research. <laughs> it says um, cruise altitude is 60,000 feet. What did I say? 50,000, 60,000 feet. Me, okay. So if we took the regular planes up there, we could shoot across. There's no traffic that high. So the reason traffic is is what it is, is there are, they keep the aircraft at certain speeds. Because if you saw a map of the U.S. with all the planes in the air at once. Oh, it's crowded. A lot of travel going Getting on. Getting on a main highway. So anyway, that was the business birthday. Yeah, we got off his birthday. But anyway, sir, he's now doing work with infrastructure for Australia and the Brits. Has he been knighted? A problem. Yes, he was knighted. How'd you know that? Because you said, sir, you were going to say, sir. He received knighthood in 2005 for his services to the aviation industry. He, does, he has a lot of board positions, one with J.P. Morgan, some other things. But now he's working on infrastructure problems between the UK and uh, and Australia and he says by 2025 Britain's going to be in a real problem with their infrastructure in terms of won't we all right welcome to the yeah United to reality States. yeah so so that was that happy birthday uh, Sir Roderick Ian Eddington so hey for those of you who are fans of our show know that Deep Discount's been a partner of ours here on the focus group for uh, quite some time now and we're happy to uh have them continue with us in 2019, so be sure to head over to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo and start shopping away. What do we we have? Sharky, Sharky, Sharky here. Sharky going to make a Sharky's going to make... I've been puzzling about that I know, pup. you're a little bit back and forth on Sharky. I, I want to upgrade the puppet. I want a full sleeve so that it looks like it's coming up from under the desk. Are you going to upgrade? <laughs> I have to find a good shark puppet, yeah. So, what, um, so right now they've got a New Year's sale going on. Which, uh, as Lauren and our friend Lori said, Says means find all your favorites at great prices. Great price. Yeah, Lori does that. She sends a note like that. That simply means find all your favorites at great prices. So go to deepdiscount.com or and get there through focusgroupradio.com and click on their logo. What did you find this? This okay, week? on sale fifteen ninety nine Blu ray combo pack, meaning you get the Blu ray and you get the digital download, which is great if you want to travel or something. HBO's True Detective. The one, the original first True Detective with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, I think it's a brilliant 
brilliant show. I think the acting is amazing. Did you guys in the booth ever see the, True the first True Detective? Have not, no. Garrett, no? No. You might actually, guys, I'll tell you, you might actually enjoy it. It takes place in like the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. The cars, are, everything's vintage. But they play two cops that have a case that kind of gets solved, and then they have to go. Is, is, it, is it episodic, or is it? Because yeah. I, when I saw a preview of it, I thought it was um, a movie, almost. No, it's eight, I think it's eight or nine episodes, about an hour apiece. Each one's different? Uh, no, it's a continuation. Oh, it is, okay. It builds and builds and builds, but... Um, my mom turned me on to it. I loved it. I tried, you know, HBO tried to hit another one out of the park with True Detective. They've done a couple more, but this one, the first one, Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, they, they, their interaction is so, they're great actors. I think they're great to watch. And here's the key, fifteen ninety nine. I mean, I, truth be told, I ordered it <laughs> because I got to drink at Rehoboth Beach for that. <laughs> for that much money, yeah. So True Detective is the complete first season. What did you pick? I picked That Summer, which is finally out on DVD. Why do I know That it out, Summer? It came out in uh, the end of September uh, last fall. So if you're a fan of Grey Gardens, and, and not the HBO show, so don't, oh. don't watch the HBO special and think that's Grey Gardens or the HBO movie. You've got to get the Maisel's documentary from the 70s. Called Grey Gardens. Called Grey Gardens. And then there's a sequel to that called The Beals of Grey Gardens, which even gives you even more lunacy. And then this one here was just released. On DVD. On DVD. And uh, it stars, they say it stars Andy Warhol. But Andy Warhol's in it, along with the Kennedys, uh, Jackie O's in there, Lee Radzigal. But this is the story before the story. So this yes. is what was going on in the Hamptons in the late 60s, early 70s. Lee Radzigal had gone to um, the Maisels and wanted to do a story about how great their family was when they found these two recluses, Big and Little Edie, of Grey Gardens fame. And they saw the movie was going south, and they realized they wanted to stop the documentary, Lee Radzical and Jackie O did. Instead, the Maisels then went and did their own deal for Grey Gardens. So this is what happened before. So you see the house in its shambles. You see the health department coming. You see the cleanup. And... You have to watch the other ones before this because yes, yes I agree with you. You don't completely. know if you don't know if they're playing a game mm -hmm. or they're real. And if you've watched the Grey Gardens or the Beals of Grey Gardens, you can see where it all comes from, and that uh, you're, you're you're part of the part of the ride. So it's uh, it's called that summer. I am so glad you recommended it because when it came out, I have it on digital. Now I want to get the physical copy. Yeah, I want to too. It's so, uh, seventeen sixty nine. There you go. Sale. And I agree with you. Watch the original documentary, watch The Beals of Grey Gardens, then watch, watch that, that summer, summer, and you've got the complete you in. picture. Yeah. And what was the release this week? A very cool movie called Love, Gilda. In her own words, comedian, comedienne, sorry, Gilda Radner, looks back and reflects on her life and career. Weaving together recently discovered audio tape, interviews with her friends, rare home movies, and diaries read by modern-day comedians, including Amy Poehler. Love, Gilda offers a unique window into the honest and whimsical world of a beloved performer. We've heard about this for a while. I'm a huge fan of Gilda Radner's. We grew up with some of her best characters. <laughs> Roseanne, Rosanna Dana comes to mind immediately, especially the sketch with the toilet paper on the shoe. Um, but I think that this is going to be a really great documentary to watch, and it's certainly filled with a lot of great stuff, including the found footage and found uh, audio tapes and the diary entries. So Love, Gilda is the new release from Deep Discount. So to recap here on the very first show of the new year with our friends Deep Discount, go to uh, focusgroupradio.com, click on the Sharky the Shark, Arr! and we recommended 
True Detective Season 1 on sale for $15.99. Can't miss. That summer. Which is a Beals of Grey Gardens kind of. Grey Gardens. And the new release is Love Gilda. And what do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. We're going to take a super quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do an article about starting your own business, which we thought was a perfect time of year, being that it's the new year and the very second day of the new year, to give you some tips on how to go about doing that. So we'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with The Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Happy New Year. <laughs> sort of. Your eyes, your, eye, your eyes have not escaped you. John and I have yet to take down our holiday Christmas decorations. It's great being in Telluride. It's snowing and it's cold in Telluride. We're ready, being to, in Telluride. ready to go to Gay Ski Week. Are we going to go to our oxygen room and get refreshed? Because we're at altitude. We do that and go to our ski chalet and all the other stuff. We're dressed for it. We're ready to go. So, hey, before we went to break, John had mentioned uh, a shop talk that uh, he had found we thought was perfect for uh, kicking off the new year. The title was A Few Hard and Fast Rules to Consider Before Starting starting your own business. And very simply, it... it, um, Well, simple is the key. As simple as the key, but it's keep it simple and keep it ordinary. And as I read this, I thought a lot about... You have started a couple of three businesses, and I was wondering, without going into everything exactly or how you wanted to do it, but did you agree with a lot of... Oh, I agree completely. So, uh, you know, my both my agency specialized in doing advertising for blue chip companies that spoke to the LGBT community. I could say I could say it in one sentence. It was it, it you know, it, beyond that, people had to wrap their head around that prospect and if they wanted to do it. And it was the early 90s. It wasn't exactly the most acceptable thing to do. But yeah, the elevator pitch was simple. So the very first thing on this list, and, and the author of the article, Scott Gerber, I believe this came out of Forbes magazine, um, he said, the good news is being an entrepreneur is a solid and viable career choice. It's never been easier given the technology we have today, but you need to think about a few things. And the first one was embrace the ordinary. And the example that he used was having an original idea is often not original. I call that cliche self-loathing eureka. You say to yourself, oh, I've got a great idea. And then you kick it around a bit and you're like, eh, it's not that great. It's a cliche. That's okay. Or everyone else has the same idea. Same idea. Right. He he used it as an example. Uh, I never heard of this company, and I'm, I I look it up now. It's called College Hunks Hauling Junk. Yeah, they're all over. They really? They're all over social media. With their advertising. So it's launched by two students who started their junk hauling company with a borrowed van and a few flyers posted around the neighborhood. Today, it's a multi-million dollar company with more than a hundred franchises, and um, he said the owner says we didn't invent the next Facebook or Google, but you know they. They took a simple idea to the next level. So they right? took the ordinary and yeah. just um, and made their own branding of it. It reminds me there's a company in Philadelphia that does that with rowers in the summer. So there, an awful lot of people come in to row that are going to be future Olympians or whatever, but in their downtime, they're moving furniture. So you've got this whole fleet of guys that are out moving furniture, which I was thinking they should do. And they're not bad looking. Franchise it. But there's not a lot of places that are rowers. Oh. <laughs> but no, but the, there's the college painters, the college the kids that do painting. Yeah. But, but, that, but that goes back to, you know, what you can do well by doing the, doing the simple thing. Number two was to create a very, and in parentheses, very short startup plan. And this is really more for you. They said make your business plan short, one paragraph. 
The plan is for your eyes only. You're probably going to revise it again and again, but it's what you said earlier. Very simply state what you're going to do and then revise it as you go along. Did you have a, did you, when you read that, did you have something pop into your head? I wrote a note down to myself. Well, the, the most important thing I did is to try to identify how you're different from competitors. A. And then B, I want to recommend to anybody listening to our broadcast today to go and check out a book um, that we thought was the the best business book. Rework? Yeah, Rework. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did we both agree on it? Yeah, yeah because re, uh, Rework is a short collection of the owner of a company did these as blog posts. But one of the first things he said is all business plans are basically yeah. idiotic because the business changes so We're often. obsolete before it's written. And so that's why I love this piece of advice. Keep it simple, keep it clean, because it's going to evolve and change. Now, the next one is also something you could read about in Rework. I don't want to be pitching the I should be paid to pitch the book. Yeah, pitch the book. <laughs> but it's a great book, so pick it up. Um, avoid taking and burning money. What's one of the biggest mistakes a company makes where someone sits down and says, we're going to start a business. Let's get money. Let's get capital. You know, some of the most successful businesses have been started by loans from family members to family members or someone, you know, the example they Charge gave. Up their credit card. There's famous stories. Yeah. There's a story that my old business partner Dave used to always tell about how FedEx was on the verge of collapsing and the owner went and made payroll by gambling in Vegas. Have you heard? No. It's an, it's, I thought it was an urban legend, but it's actually been reported that he did, in fact. Imagine if he lost. Well, well, you're so close to losing to begin with. He let's go make payroll, right? That's funny. So uh, it's don't take money if you don't have to, and if you do, keep it in small amounts. Keep it something you know you can pay back in a short amount of time. And don't waste money on websites and all that other yeah. stuff that people do way before the putting the cart before the horse, right? Yeah, that's part of it. And number four was assemble your tribe. So it says if you want to increase the chances of success, surround yourself with great people who can fill in your knowledge and skill gaps. And the one thing I circled in here and took away from uh, which you and I have run into as well is it says these days you can assemble an army of virtual teammates without spending a dime on office space. Yeah, I circled having, the same thing. <laughs> having a big office space. I said you just have to get used to, to uh, learning how to work virtually versus having a, a comfortable space. Um, or having a, an office space that you're spending money on. You know, one great example here on the show, whenever you hear the voice of the focus group, that's a voiceover artist out in Vegas, I think. In Las Vegas, yeah. Uh, a fantastic gentleman named Drew Birdsey. And Drew is one of these guys, and I've worked with a lot of voiceover artists, uh, and Tim has too, actually, in advertising and marketing. You've gone to the booth. Tim will send him, I don't know, 10 lines. Yep. A day later, we get this file back. Let me know what you think. And you know what? There's always, he'll do three or four takes of each line. There's always one that's perfect. Perfect. So to that thing you were talking about, assembling your tribe, as long as you know how to work with someone remotely, and you'll get on the phone and give some direction. We've never met him. And a lot of it is back and forth and with just fun little things and, and say it like this and give them, send them some examples. And, and, and to the point of, I gave Drew, I was, I'm doing an animation uh, and I had it a line. Basically the line is it's for, it was made for a room like this and a house like this. And so I sent Drew some direction and what I got back was like, I'm listening to it. I thought I could use that piece and that piece that I'm done. It was perfect, yeah. <laughs> but it's just the talent revolves around learning how to work with people who aren't physically in the same space as you. And you know, a lot of this involves picking up the phone, video conferencing or picking up the phone. It's not all typing and emailing, right? Right. And the, the, um, the conclusion here says, remember, there's no such thing as easy money or a free lunch, but if you're level-headed, realistic and focused on how you can start generating cash, 
you'll have uh, you'll be well on your way to having a successful startup. The one thing I added here, you and I talk about a lot, is don't discount that there's a certain um, luck, certain amount of luck yeah. involved in a lot of uh, a lot of startups. But congratulations if you decide you're going to go out on your own or start a business this year, and this is the year to do it. Uh, hopefully, you keep it simple and keep it uh, what was, ordinary. What was that um, that line that you and I, uh, our friend Tim? also used to say it as well, through every successful career, there runs a thread of luck, right? Because we might not call it luck all the time. It might be being in the right place at the right time and you're set up correctly because you prepared yourself or you might be around people who are aware of the right timing. Yeah. But there is an element of luck in business. These, these things are, oh, I will add one thing. Uh Oh, What are you going to add? I'm going to add a little rule that everybody needs to know. Cash is king. Well, yeah. Cash flow of any business you start, cash is king. And, you know, when you get into a situation where you can't pay a bill, that's bad. You want to be able to pay all your bills. You want to be able to pay yourself. So a little familiarity with numbers, right, is you and I look at numbers all the time. We, I, I sit with Tim and I'll be like, I'm doing this, this, and this, and the accounts. He's like, okay. Well, and that is such an important thing, and I learned this working at a big company, as you said. Pay your bills. Pay your bills. <laughs> and Tim's lesson, by the way, is so simple and straightforward. Well, because there's, we, we've known people who, um, small companies, like you and I are a small company, and if you decide you're not going to pay us for eight months just because you're not going to, it affects us a hell of a lot more than it affects yeah. a, a big a big company. So, you know. And, and gee, I wonder if that eight months came from <laughs> came from somewhere. All right. Uh, short little first show of the new year. Welcome to 2019 again. Next time you see us, we will be not in Telluride. We'll not be at altitude. We'll be back down at sea level. Are we getting a new set, though? You're working on a new working set, on a maybe. New set, yeah. Well, thanks to John and Garrett, uh, and John in particular, I now have the secrets to getting secrets, the new Secrets of the new, the new set. set. Yeah, so... Thanks to Deep Discount for being a partner of ours. Go to uh, focusgroupradio.com, click on the Deep Discount logo, and start your shopping. We recommended some great titles for this first uh, show of the year, and the new release is Gilda. So what do we say, Mr. Bennett? We say in the new year correctly, don't text and drive, arrive alive. Oh, you're giving me... Did you see how I did that with poise and grace? All right, we'll see you next week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.